how will God get rid of the devastating disease called sin? A disease that is responsible for mothers dying of breast cancer, children being victims of abuse, terrorism, division, corruption, depression, pain. What is God's remedy for all of this? How will he get rid of it? Well, to answer that question, I have to tell a story and explain an individual who's pretty popular in the Christian culture. You've heard about him, and you probably know a little bit about his story. Around 4 BC, a young virgin woman named Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't have sex with Mary. This is not a story of Greek mythology, such as when Zeus had sex with a woman and then she had his baby. Rather, the Holy Spirit miraculously impregnated her. The son, Jesus, was placed inside of Mary's womb. The Bible simply puts it, she conceived in her womb. Luke 1, 31. All of Jesus's life, even when he was a baby and small child, was a continual fulfillment of the prophecies that had pointed to him. Remember in episode one when I talked about why the Bible is actually a good text to follow because of prophecy? Well, one thing you're fine by reading the Bible is that the Bible has a lot of prophecies pointing to Jesus. In fact, there are prophecies pointing out every element of Jesus's life. Mary gave birth to him in a small town in Israel, Bethlehem, fulfilling a prophecy in Micah 5.2. As a baby, Jesus was taken to Egypt to escape King Herod, who was trying to kill him. This flight fulfilled another prophecy in Numbers 24.8. All in all, Christ fulfilled hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament, all pointing to him as a coming Messiah, which means anointed one. The anointed one who would save the world from sin. But let's take it outside of the Bible for a moment. Even many secular historians who don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah believe that Jesus really existed, that he was a historical person. He is referenced not only by those who claim to be his disciples, but also by sources which did not believe that he was the son of God. Jewish historian Josephus, the Roman historian Tacitus, just to name a few all wrote about this person that existed named Jesus. The question critics ask today is not if Jesus really lived, but was he really God? 
Did he really perform miracles? And did he really rise from the grave? And finally, did he really ascend to heaven? These truths cannot be proven beyond a shadow of doubt, but the evidence for them is powerful and compelling. Suppose, hypothetically, that the Bible is true and not cleverly devised fairy tales. The question then is a much more potent one. Why would all this have happened? Why would God be born, be a baby, become a child, go through puberty, mature to an adult, suffer torture, die on a Roman cross with nails in his hand, and then lay in a tomb dead? The answer to this question is pretty surprising, but also full of hope for us. See, Jesus chose to become human and experience everything that humanity experiences in order to identify with every person on earth. Have you ever felt lonely? Jesus experienced loneliness. Have you ever felt misunderstood? Jesus felt misunderstood. Have you ever felt depressed or stressed or manic? Well, Jesus did too. He even goes deeper. Jesus loved you so much. Male, female, child, adult, poor, rich, slave, free, broke, broken, hurt, and everything else. That he took your issues and sins on himself. He literally felt what you have felt in your toughest and most demoralizing moments. It is easy for someone to say they understand what you are going through. I'm sure if you have gone through anything difficult and reached out to your friends, the first thing they try to do is empathize and express their ability to understand your pain. But most times we know that that isn't really true. But in the case of Jesus, in the case of God, it is 100% accurate. Jesus can say that he knows what you are going through because he went through the same experience, only infinitely worse. Even before the cross, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he started experiencing all the sins, sorrows, diseases, and pain of everyone in the world, the weight and pain of all humanity's sinfulness was so overwhelming that Jesus began to sweat great drops of blood, literally sweating blood. You can find this in Luke 22:44. From that moment until Jesus gave up his life, he felt the guilt and shame of everyone who had ever lived. He felt the burden of everything you and I have done and will ever do. He was beaten, slapped, mocked, shoved. He endured it all without so much as a rude comment in return. He endured all this with love in his heart because those who were doing it to him and those who were watching on the sideline. He could have called down the armies of heaven to save himself and kill those who were killing him. But remember, God doesn't respond to hate, lies, and betrayal 
by killing and destroying others. Instead, Jesus asked for forgiveness to those who were inflicting pain on him. He prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus' death was for all of us. It was for our sins and sorrows that Jesus died. He willfully chose to die for us just so that we could have the choice to live. That is true love. After Jesus had perfectly performed his mission to destroy the dominion of sin and death so that we could be free from his power, God called Jesus to come back from the grave. All three of the Godhead joined together for the most glorious resurrection the universe will ever see. Jesus took hold of life once again. All the questions about the law of God, the love of God, and the lies that Satan has spread over the years, all of that was proven wrong before the entire universe. Jesus had lived perfectly. He kept God's law perfectly. He had demonstrated the love of God in his own life and death. He was worthy to be the Lord of all because he had become the servant of all. Philippians 2, 8-11. I know this is a lot and there may be certain parts of this that may confuse you a bit or go over your head. And trust me, that is completely fine. Don't be intimidated. The most important thing you need to know and remember is that God was a God of love. And then Satan lied about that God of love. And that God of love, instead of destroying those who went against him, decided to demonstrate his love by dying for our sins and for our shortcomings. And when all was said and done, through death, love one. Coming up, what is our response?